0: That moment when I look and her eyes it just gone. It was like just for a couple of seconds when she said, keep on doing that, do not give up, and please publish a book. And I was, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I thought that was like a dream, but my friend was standing next to me and she was also impressed and didn't understand what, what happened.
1: this podcast shows that ukraine is not what foreigners see on television in reality ukrainian people are much better much more interesting and friendly than other people expect this podcast is about the real life experiences work and personalities of ukrainian people with a focus on the capital kiev so that foreigners discover the positive truth about ukraine Hear the voices of Ukrainians, visit the country, and invest in the economy, creating more opportunities for the younger Ukrainian generations to stay and build their country. Hello, my name is Aziz, and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me, and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then, from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for the children who lost their families in the war. I could not return to Ukraine in 2020 because of COVID-19, so this project is my volunteer work to help Ukraine. And thank you all so much for the support. This podcast now is ranking number one on Apple Podcasts about Ukraine, top 100 travel podcasts in France, top 100 in Switzerland, top 100 in Ireland, top 60 travel podcasts in the United Kingdom, top 60 in Norway, wow, top 50 in Sweden, top 50 in Canada, top 30 in Italy, top 30 in Spain, top 25 travel podcasts on Apple Russia, top 20 on Apple Poland, top 20 in the Netherlands, top 10 in Finland, top 10 in Romania, top 10 in Cyprus, and top 10 in South Korea. So thank you. Thank you so much. Please keep supporting as well as follow the Instagram about this project aziz.future, and let's reach together 100 interviews and many, many more. My guest today is Victoria Klimenko from the Kiev National Economics University, where she received a bachelor's degree in international economics relations, to being a volunteer English teacher at ISAC, then from being a freelance copywriter for digital health outcomes, working at dmk ukraine to now share in her copywriting and storytelling skills with the world she is a portrait artist and a kiev guide with her own instagram blog vintage kiev guide where she shares information about interesting places and historical anecdotes victoria how are you today
0: thank you i'm great how are you
1: i'm excited happy full of enthusiasm and i have been looking forward to this interview so to begin the question that i have in mind is did you have any emotionally powerful experience that relates to 2021 or new year or something like that that you can share with us today
0: yes of course because my family faced COVID-19, my whole family. And uh, my mother was uh, sick and she was in intensive care. And after, uh, after New Year, like at midnight, um, she felt like much more better. And so we um, celebrated New Year with my family that all recovered from COVID-19. And that was so Powerful and so emotional because before that, I didn't have like good news because every call I had was about oh she she feels uh, worse she feels worse, and that was actually so hard for me. And after New Year, just uh, at midnight, everything got much better. So yes. <laughs> I had such a moment.
1: This is very interesting. And I salute your mom. I hope your family feels much, much better. And I have to ask in many ways, I feel you have the soul of an artist. Is this correct?
0: Yes, you are 100% right.
1: Yes, and to ask you there is this stereotype that artists are full of drama and they fight with their family a lot, and they hate their parents, and it's like a crazy world. But you're sharing that family is very important to you, and that you have a close connection with your mother. So are you that destructive, crazy artist in some ways, full of drama, or, and then because of COVID-19, you learned the value of family, or are you somewhat of a person full of contradictions who is both the crazy artist and the (laughs) family-oriented girl?
0: Such an interesting question. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I think I'm like a little bit of everything that was mentioned. Um, You're right. I have uh, like strong connection with my family. Um because I spent most of my life with my family, so we are really strong and after pandemic and after COVID um we became much stronger because we understood the value of uh, of health of healthy relationship what about um like uh, craziness of artist or drama yes i'm drama queen <laughs> like, for real um because i think to create something um to create something, not like a masterpiece, a picture, a poem, a novel, you have to be emotional. You have to feel something, to feel bad, to feel good, to feel excited, to feel emptiness. Because it's um, every um, artistic person, I, I mainly, um, I'm talking about a writer or a painter who who I am, um, because they um, help to describe emotion in such way that you never felt before, or to write about such things that you couldn't put into words, and to express such feelings, you have to, um, to have to feel this feeling to to skip from your soul has to be right so yeah i think i'm i'm a little bit of crazy a little bit of drama a, a little bit of lonely sometimes because um, um it helps me thinking and how it helps me to hear myself And after hearing myself, I can create something, a portrait, a poem, story, wherever.
1: Thank you. So that's actually very interesting. And I remember something that I shared with someone else last week, which is that Pablo Picasso, one of the ways that he used to create art was he will focus, let's say, on the color green. Mm-hmm. and he will go walk in the forest and look at green things and fill himself with all the shades of green all day until he's full and then he will release all that into a painting and he will call it let's say like the green day or the red color day or yellow or blue or whatever but to you it seems to me and please correct me if this is wrong that emotions come from you And you use emotions to learn about yourself through the creative process so it's more the more you get in touch with your own emotions the more you know who victoria is and therefore in many ways you don't need the outside green or blue or red to fill you with the energy of uh, art it's the emotions that come that are strong within you that let you learn about yourself and express them in artistic ways and try to transfer that emotional experience to the people who view your art. Is this correct understanding, or if not, or yes? Can you comment and share more about your thoughts on this?
0: Um, You're partly right, yes. Uh, Sometimes uh, everything I created comes from emotions, But sometimes uh, I need to be distracted from them. So I need to go to the woods to see green, to see blue sky, just not to think about emotion. Because sometimes I get filled with emotion, overfilled with emotions. Um, So I actually never heard about such way of Picasso because my favorite painter is Salvador Dalí and Van Gogh, um, so I think I I get something from them. To be alone, just to create something. I cannot create something when I am surrounded by people. I can uh, catch something from them, because uh, people help me to see uh, something in a different way, or I can um, communicate with a Complete stranger, and um, write about uh, and write story about him or her because this person inspired me. So yes, I think everything I feel is emotions, and emotion helps me to create to create everything.
1: Wonderful, actually. And now I'm thinking, please, there will be two questions, so I will (laughs) summarize in the end so that it's easy to think about but two things it seems to me that you have a complicated relationship with emotions as well as with people where with emotions it's like in that facebook status of like relationship it's complicated that's you love emotions but you want to be distracted to not get overfilled or overthinking about the emotions so can you describe in a way One was some moment where you were so filled with emotions, and then you realized, wow, this is too much. I'm out of control. And therefore, you began this idea that you have to control your emotions more in order to be okay, if it's true, of course. So that's one about the emotions. And second, you speak about we, we, we a lot, especially when it comes to your family. So in many ways, you like bonding with people. And you even spoke about if you have a conversation with a stranger, you can write about it. That's one thing. But you cannot create when people are there, you need to be alone in some way. So where does this come from? Is it something that maybe you get into a trans state of creation and you're almost in hypnosis doing it? Or maybe it's uh, you don't want any criticism until it's finished and therefore people's views might stifle you and stop your ability to create or what is that so it's about the complicated relationship of love and hate with emotions if it's true tell me more and about the people both wanting to be close to people and wanting to be alone which is opposite at the same time
0: (laughs) wow So many questions. Okay, I uh, try to answer all of them. Uh, first, as I remember, was about emotions. Maybe because I was talking a lot about emotions, but it doesn't mean I depend only on them. Uh, and uh, actually, about the moment that I was overwhelmed with emotion was like recently, uh, because. Um, I feel really bad when I cannot write. I feel miserable. And this feeling of miserability, like it's so strong that I cannot handle it. So I have to say, stop it. Just stop it. You need to change something. You need to change environment you need to change people around you you need to change something and in such ways yes emotion can sometimes emotion can control myself me but um, actually we cannot control emotions to in to my opinion Uh, so we all we can is just to feel it just to let it go just if you're angry feel this angriness, if you feel like good, just feel it, but when we start uh, fighting with our emotion, it's it, it really bad, it, uh, it comes no good, brings no good, so in such, in this way, I value everything I have, everything I feel, and I think the way I feel, it just, I need to feel that way, and people around me uh, help to feel these emotions because um, I teach something from them. I study something from them. I see people around me as teachers. Not a good ones sometimes, but we're, you know, it's life. Um, so about my family, yes, I think I have... Strong communication with my family, strong boundaries. I bounded with my family. Oh, that's, that's what I wanted to say. And sometimes I struggle from that because I'm like um, I have old elder sister, so like I'm a little one in my family. So sometimes I feel like this tiny little girl where parents uh, say, uh, parents say what to do, what to think. And at such moment, I, um, I, like, resist to this, to family boundaries. I build boundaries between my family and myself just to not to feel this noise. Um, and because of that, I take criticism painfully. That's why I need loneliness to create something. And after a long period of time, I can show my pieces pieces of art, poems, stories. And I've, after that, I feel um, excited and nervous because I, I don't know how people will react to my art. But recently I heard an interesting quote which says there are always people who don't like your what you are doing, wherever you are doing. And you have to, like, be okay with that. It doesn't mean you are miserable or you are not talented. It's just because a different point of view from their perspective, not from your perspective. But it's only up to you whether to accept this opinion. And after that, I understood that, okay, it's just only up to me to accept this opinion or not to accept. And after that, like, criticism become became not such a bad thing.
1: Thank you. So if I understood you correctly, you are the little girl in your family. And yes. therefore, your parents, they tell you what to do. But you resist that because you want to be independent. And at the same time, as an artist, you are very sensitive and you feel criticism in a cutting way in a harsh way and therefore when it comes to your art pieces you like to create them on your own and work on them and only show your pieces after a while and when you show it you're both excited and nervous but it's mostly because both you want to see people excited and happy about your art, but if they criticize, it would hurt. And that is why there is a boundary somewhat. But when you read the quote, that people have different perspectives and if they don't like your art, it doesn't mean you're a failure or that your art is bad. It just means for that specific person, they did not see something that matches what they like and their personality. And therefore, it's not a judgment of who you are and your talent as an artist. Is this correct?
0: Yes, that's brilliant. I wouldn't say even better.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. And it reminds me of one of my favorite books, which is The Meditations of Marcus Aurelius, which was his journal where he wrote every day when he was the caesar of rome his thoughts maybe not every day since we didn't find all of them but a large number and one of the things he spoke about in the roman senate when they will criticize him he was writing about this and he said he noticed that people who are full of negative criticism actually also criticize themselves and don't love themselves they're very, very difficult with their treatment of themselves and very critical. So he wrote, well, how can you expect that people who cannot love themselves to be able to love you and your work? And to me, that was a quote that was like, actually, it's true. If someone cannot love themselves, I mean, it's not us or our work that will change this and make them feel love if they cannot feel it for their own person which should be their best relationship they should have because like you said you're always most of your life with your family well you are with you even more which (laughs) means that should be your best best friend and the person you love and i'm talking i'm not talking about arrogance or selfishness or um, anything like that i'm talking about a great relationship that should be with you first and foremost and to ask you then. one of my favorite interviews is was with anastasia says who is a photographer who worked at the paris fashion week and the milano fashion week and the kiev international week and in hong kong and as well as other great places and i was speaking to her since she's both both a painter and a photographer but i will speak about the photography more because she said it's a different experience. And for her painting is whatever she feels in every hour or moment, uh, she will express in that painting. And then the painting will be all the emotions she felt throughout the time she was creating it. But I'm speaking about photography. She said her goal is to capture pure moments where people are either like looking at each other in love or admiring an art piece, or looking at nature, for example, a sunset and feeling awe. And she felt that capturing those pure, magnificent, special moment emotions is what can make a picture truly special. Well, to you. Since you deal with emotions, you're like a trader in emotions or a merchant <laughs> of emotions. Basically, that's who you are as an artist. Well, is this the kind of emotion that you look to convey in your art? Or is there a specific kind of emotions that is your favorite to always try to return to and aim to always express and convey and make people feel more and more?
0: Um, interesting, interesting, um, I think I connect emotion to the, to moments, like uh, she mentioned that to catch this very moment, I, uh, want to brood this moment. We can describe love in 400 pages or even more, uh, or we can describe emptiness in 10 words and, we understand from these ten words what the author feels or what the author wanted reader to feel, and um, I'm looking like the um, I'm looking like the right for the right words to describe something, because uh, when you when I paint I paint mainly portrait, I cannot. Um, and emotions, an emotion. I uh, just, I don't think if I'm not talented enough or I I just cannot, I don't know the techniques how to uh, make them. And with, uh, with the stories or with poems, it's much easier for me to describe emotions, to put emotion into words. So I think this style of uh, writing is about writing about emotions
1: thank you and since i'm a writer as well i will dive deeper into this with you because Mm -hmm. the longer i have been writing the more i discover actually it's not the specific words per se Mm -hmm. all the words are important but actually there is this thing where it's your energy when you're writing somehow some way the emotion you feel when you're writing the reader can feel and it's different when you read a text from someone who has the right energy and emotion it feels like there is energy there that it's almost like a spell an enchantment in that text while other texts you look at it and it looks sterile and empty and i can say that reports <laughs> are usually this way mm-hmm. and academic writers it looks almost like those what you know when you walk in the street and you see those signs of this is the name of the city and number of inhabitants it doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. While well, you can look to the right and there is a graffiti and it's full of emotions so to you how do you convey emotions when you're writing do you do the thing where some people will convey it through the body reactions to it for example when they say and their heart beat a bit faster and their mouth got dry and their ears became sensitive to the sound to express anticipation or a bit of fear or whatever or you will describe it using oh yes and they felt fear and the fear was running through their body, or I don't know how you'll do it. Or you'll feel afraid when writing, which is a way of connecting that emotion to the text, and let the emotion write for you rather than you writing for it. And I know that's metaphysical, but it doesn't matter. It's your own perspective. So what is your comment on this? That's what I'm interested in.
0: Uh, I agree with you 100%. Agree with you. When I uh, read some text, I I feel what the author fe- felt at that very moment. But sometimes I read like it also a story, like it, it also a poem. But I do not feel anything at all. And um, to describe emotion in my uh, works i um i follow just like simple method i didn't think uh, don't know how to say it right i follow like show not to tell show what you feel but not tell the reader what uh he must to feel when you tell uh, like i felt fear you're telling what you what you fear what you feel. But when you describe like just um, something changed in the body, something changed in the environment, and the reader understood that you you fear something. And it's it's kind of difficult because in copywriting when you write in text for magazines, for brands, you cannot show like real emotions. You have to sell a product, and for me it's kind of difficult because there is a conflict between what what I want to feel it and to show and what I have to show. So I just uh, uh, I decided to switch to mainly creative writing rather than just copywriting as a as a rule.
1: Wonderful. There is a short and great, great book called How to Argue with a Cat, A Human's, guide, a human's guide to the Art of Persuasion by J. Henrik or Henrich. I don't know how he will say his last name, but it's a wonderful, wonderful book. And in it, he speaks about some scientific study, since this is related to copywriting as well, mm-hmm. that when people feel a high emotion, They buy, which means any high emotion, not the right, because you said there is what you want to convey and there is what you should say. Well, he will argue that even if people are hungry, they're more likely to buy a car if you make them feel hungry, for example, by having the smell of cookies. Mm -hmm. Or if you make them like a great musical sound that almost transports them into another world of emotions they're more likely for example to get a bank loan or to buy uh, a watch or whatever it is that they will buy so it's not really one-to-one that you need a specific emotion for people to uh, take action it's any high emotion is a charge like we spoke about picasso and about you and Mm -hmm. that charge needs to be released somewhere into action and when there is also in there he spoke about ramping when you make it very easy for people to take action by one percent one percent one percent one percent so it's not a big commitment then that energy can go smoothly and of course he speaks there that when you have good intentions And you're a good person and you know you're helping people they can feel that as well bad people mostly it's in movies and in stories and i hate this about it for example thanos i love thanos he's amazing but Mm -hmm. they show okay one person can beat a team and he's like uh, the villain who's so amazing but he's alone and he can conquer the world almost by himself but in reality no it's teams of people and groups of people that are truly powerful and able to change the world it's only in the movies that one person is able to to do so many great things just because they're super amazing but in reality it's people together when they cooperate that great things happen and that was my expression but not my question of course you can comment on this in any way that you wish but my real question is this. I was speaking to a poet, a great poet girl from from San Francisco, and I was asking her why is poetry so important to her. She said it's because she wants to touch the lives of as many people as possible with her, her world, words and in the whole world. And for her, when people are touched by her, If she dies someday, she will not truly die because she changed the life of people by her words and she gave them emotions. So she will be remembered for a long time and that is her legacy. So to you, creative writing specifically, why is it so important? To me, writing, maybe it's more selfish. It's about expression. For me, for the longest time, when I was a child, I didn't really know how to communicate with people because of my brain that I think so fast that when I speak, I already say the 10th thing that should be said and people don't understand what happened in between and they're like, what's going on? I don't know what you mean. (laughs) So (laughs) so, uh, I had to use writing as a way for me to learn to communicate with myself and to myself and writing was my own training to be a good communicator and to me it's self-expression and that release of thoughts and emotions that become the true gift of writing to you creative writing what is the purpose and the deeper fulfillment that comes from that
0: okay i understand um well about uh, people i think that People need people. That's why we live in a society where we have to communicate with other people. So we cannot uh, survive alone just in such a way. Uh, what about writing? I think for me it's like a therapy. Because it, uh, it helps me to understand what, what, what's really going on. And um, just to organize events in my life. Uh what about that um writer from San Francisco? Am uh, I right? Yeah, from San Francisco. Poet. A poet from San Francisco. Um to write just for legacy. It's um it like it's it, it, it is like okay. But uh not every writer just writes for a legacy. They write because they cannot not to write, if you understand me. And uh, writing a poetry it's like um oh I don't know how to say that to, uh, to everyone to understand me. Uh, to write it means to Discover something new, not about yourself but about the world. And I write poems because I feel in such way. I do not write really often, but they like burn just for a couple of seconds. And I oh, I should write it down, to write immediately because I will forget about that in the, in a minute. And I think poetry is a um, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> a writer who cannot describe what it means to write. <laughs> what a terrible writer I am.
1: No, um, that is bad. I think you have some like negative critical voice in you, which is really, really <laughs> not good because maybe it's your mom's voice and I respect her fully, but many writers have that. But in reality, look, there is something called the metacognitive bias which is that we can express other people's situations and see them but we cannot see our own situation well which is of course you're not a bad writer because you cannot describe writing it's you're human you could describe something else like if you look at uh, someone who is an engineer and you follow them for a week you can describe perfectly what They do, but you can live with yourself 20 years and not really know how to describe (laughs) what you do. And it is what it means to be human. And yes, I thank you. I agree with you more than you expect. So if I understood perfectly, you have moments of insight where you feel you have to write, otherwise you will forget. And when you write, it's your way to discover something about the world. And you're compelled to write it's not really a choice but almost an addiction (laughs) if i might say and therefore when you write it's not about legacy it's about understanding and discovering something new about the world and capturing moments which you spoke about before that moments is where the emotion is located and reserved in many ways and therefore it's for you to discover something about life, to express something you discovered and to release emotion and it's an addiction in many ways. So you're a junkie of writing <laughs> <laughs> and that's good. So tell me all your thoughts.
0: Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm a junkie. I'm addicted to that. Um, but it wasn't like uh, for my whole life. Yes, I remember that I wrote like my first poem when I was like five years years old or something Um, I had uh, an amazing teacher at school uh, who taught me how to write, how to write in a different way from like like from the rules of writing at school because we have uh, like boundaries, you have to write just uh, like that not like that and she taught me how to write differently, and I thank her so much for that because after that, I started writing like in completely new way, like like I wanted to not like like school wanted me to write, like I wanted to write, so I think I thanks my writing to. People in my life who discovered something about me for me.
1: Thank you. You're wonderful. I remember in primary school, I had this exam, history exam, where we were supposed to speak about some like the Roman um, civilization and put data and things like that. And I thought that's boring. So I wrote a scene of the death of Julius Caesar as a small mm-hmm. play in, in the thing. And they were like, oh my God, what is this? You're in the primary school and you're writing like some theater scene in the thing. So I got like great marks. But if it was a bad teacher, he will say that is not the question. So you'll get zero. But yes, I agree with you that the freedom to write whatever you want and express. And let's explore your way of writing writing to me is both a gift as and a curse, because when i there is that moment where there is a great idea it really gives like you're gonna it feels like you're gonna give birth to something and in many ways i'm a visual person and i have to ask you i don't know about you you seem to me and please correct me if i'm wrong as mm-hmm. someone who's highly embodied that your kinesthetic that you feel emotions strongly and sensations and you like movement and the way that you will position your body in a photo or anything is very important and is something you're conscious of so please comment on this but speak about me as a visual person i actually see like a page and then in many ways i'm writing the writing in my brain and it feels difficult like i don't know it's a really suffocating experience until it's finished and then there is this this like you said addiction or this compulsion to write it somewhere whether on a page or on the screen and when it's done you feel "Ah, finally you can be okay but until that is there it's like whatever you're doing there is something in front of you the the page that is yelling at you to be written and shared with the world. But that's how it is with me. So please comment on the way that the ideas come and they call you to write them out and how it feels and how it looks like, one. And second, whether you're a highly visual, highly auditory or highly embodied kinesthetic person.
0: Oh, well, about writing process I think that was Charles Bukowski who said uh, writing is like bleeding on on page and I uh, agree with that because when I'm writing I'm living different lives just like I'm sitting in Kiev writing about Italy and currently I'm in Italy <laughs> like I see the sun is shining I just hear noises in the cafe, but um, and the, uh, at the moment I'm writing just in my apartment in Kiev. But I can uh, see, I can feel just differently, just what it what it doesn't it doesn't exist. But I can feel and I can hear it. I don't One know. Second, not
1: know 2nd This is this is beautiful. It rem- reminds me of Madame Bovary, which is. Uh, <laughs> a great great novel where she used to sit she was like somewhat of a poor girl she will sit by her window look at the rich people going into the big mansions and she imagined herself being a noble woman or a princess organizing parties and she had this huge huge big imagination and daydreaming ability where she lived her life in her imagination is that you
0: uh, yes, partly, because I love movies like I love, I love pictures and when I try to write, I'm first I'm trying to imagine imagine uh, the process, imagine the moment, imagine the decoration of the story of the novel because it's easier to express when you uh, when you see something in front of you, even uh, if it's in your brain and no one sees it. So first, I imagine, then I write.
1: One second. So do you actively imagine, or does the imagination begin to work on itself? Because there is something magical about art in general, is when it's great art, it's almost like it's not you who's doing anything, but like a powerful force of the universe is taking over your body, making this magical moment truly happen and expressing this magnificent art and sometimes you can do it and then look think wow did i do that but it's amazing and many artists speak about this even not just artists whether it's kobe bryant from the nba before he died Mm -hmm. or anything where he says when he has an amazing game it's almost like he's not moving his body but it's like some powerful force of the universe is playing through him and artists speak a lot about that that when you write like an amazing page or paragraph it's almost you're witnessing and watching amazing art happening and you're like wow who's doing this but it's you can you comment on this because you said you try to think so is it an active act of will or is it an act of surrender Letting a higher force convey and create art through you. Uh,
0: well, I had such moments in my life, but uh, it's not like a rule because you you cannot rely on uh, inspiration. Inspiration is also like a work process. You have to work on inspiration. Uh, you, I sometimes I can write a lot of pages. And that um, just rip it out and into trash, just because I um, didn't uh, didn't have inspiration. But I was working on it, and after some time, the inspiration came to me and said, "Okay, okay, I will help you." <laughs> uh, there was actually um, Im- magical moment in my life when i was like it was a, a year ago when i was visiting vienna with my friend we uh, visited uh, albertina museum and just we were washing hands and toilet and i met a woman just standing next to me and she said oh i like lo- i like your blue hair i think oh thanks um uh, it matches my clothes i think oh yeah i can see it and then we just like starting the conversation. Like, where are you from? What you're doing? I said, uh, I'm writing. And just that very moment, she changed, completely changed, and took my hand and looked into my eyes and said, uh, keep on doing that. Just, I'm asking you, keep on doing that. Because you uh, you will never know where it um, it will guide you, and just uh, just keep on doing that. And I was so shocked. This woman I didn't see her in my life, and she just uh, say, uh, she just told me what I was what I was uh, I wanted what I, what I wanted to hear, and at that moment when I look in her eyes it just gone it was like just for a couple of seconds when she said keep on doing that do not give up and please publish a book and I was what the hell is going on and I thought that was like a dream but my friend was standing next to me and she was also impressed and didn't understand what, what happened and uh I remember this episode and I was writing about this episode so many times and I think that woman helped me to understand and not to give up. And this woman's—it's like my kind of inspiration because when I hear myself telling, oh, I cannot write, oh, I'm miserable, I just hear that voice of that woman in Albertina toilet saying, do not give up. You are really good at it. And I think that's magical.
1: I tell you as well, do not give up, Victoria. <laughs> and those magical moments really mean a lot it's like those signs that show you and to me look people think there is one way that is better to live than another and there are experts who tell you do xyz and you will get the life you want but in reality like the saying all the roads lead to Rome or (laughs) (laughs) like in the Bhava Gita from the Hindu religion they say look it's much better to fail Following your heart than to succeed following the plan of someone else. All the roads can lead you somewhere in life, but when you follow your heart, that is the only road that can lead you to happiness. Even if other people criticize, it's not their happiness. It's not their road. Of course, if they followed your road, they will not be happy because it's your road, it's not their road. And if you listen to them, you will not be following your road. And that is misery and it reminds me as well of uh, stephen king's on writing where he said which is what you mentioned you don't wait for inspiration that well to him inspiration comes every day from 9 a.m until 2 p.m <laughs> because whether he's inspired or not he will go and he will write and it doesn't matter which is similar to to stephen pressfield's book *Turn in pro where He says an amateur waits for inspiration and to feel in the right mood to do their work. A professional will do their work and trust that over time, they will create a lot of great work because quality comes from a lot of writing. It doesn't come from writing a little, waiting for the amazing inspiration. But maybe I am such a passionate person, I can truly (laughs) connect with what Carl Jung calls The uh, collective unconscious, which he says all creativity comes from a magical collective unconscious place full of ideas. And if we connect spiritually to that place, all the ideas that were shared by humanity from all the brains of humans, I know it sounds weird and I don't believe in the process as in what he describes in this way, but there is something. I don't know what it is, but inspiration is truly a magnificent muse or a capricious devil whichever one you prefer (laughs) and that's why a lot of poets needed to get drunk and writers in order to write a lot of good work so they don't listen to their voice of criticism but to respect your time because this is a really wonderful interview that can go on for a long time (laughs) let's end please do three things one Any advice you can give to listeners that will be valuable, you think is worth sharing, please share. That's one, is advice. Two, if you were to describe describe Kiev and Ukraine to other people, what would you say? And third, if people want to communicate with you and learn about your work and everything, what are the best places? So please do share, one, advice. Two, about Ukraine and Kiev and the people. And three, if people want to communicate with you, what is the best way?
0: Okay, I understand. So my advice, I think, uh, listen to yourself. You always know what is good for you. And just follow your heart and do not give up. (laughs) Keep on doing what you're doing and you you will succeed, one day you will succeed. And what about Kiev, Oh, my favorite city in the world. I think uh, you can find everything here. Um, and uh, if you want <laughs> to communicate with me, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, and you can uh, find what to visit and want to find in Kiev because I'm really uh, I really love this city and I really love the story behind buildings be, be, uh, behind cafes be, uh, behind people in Kiev. So telling stories, um telling about places in kiev you can all uh, everything find on instagram kiev vintage guy vintage kiev guy sorry uh so just DM me
1: thank you so much i will make sure to write it in the description and it was a pleasure i wish you a great day
0: i wish you a great day too